I think of Lorraine more as a project where I'm like actively working through things that are hard for me in real time, very publicly as a way to try to like, sure. like, I don't know, accelerate growth in some way. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's working, but it's the only thing I think of to do. <laughs> how would how would you know if it's working or not? Is it a sense uh, within yourself? Yeah. Or like, I don't know. So you feel yeah. more selfish and and <laughs> resentful and judgmental than ever? Uh, uh, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Okay. I, you know, like that's how healing works, right? It's sort of like a, a back, back and forth sometimes, yeah. or at least that's where I'm at right now. Um, but there's more of an awareness, I would say, and that's good. That's progress. These tools are for you to use. These tools are for you to use. Welcome to This Is Your Afterlife, conversations with artists and activists about death and life. My name is Dave Marr. I'm a comedian in Chicago. I host this show in which I ask other comedians, musicians, like my current guest, organizers, about the world to come and the world that's right here, and I, I, I demand that they fix me. So this week, my guest is Lorraine, a.k.a. Taja Cheek, in, as a person, but the music she makes, she makes under the name Lorraine. She's an incredible musician, composer, songwriter, sound manipulator. She had the number two album of the year last year, according to Pitchfork. And she had one of my favorite albums of last year. And that's the same album, Fatigue. And I knew by the way she talked about abolition in the liner notes. Uh, If you've listened to this podcast enough, you know that the idea of imagining the life after this life is as much about clinging to to our immature notions of consciousness and ego as it is about figuring out how to make a new world where we're at. And that is what the project of Prison Industrial Complex Abolition does. That's why I've interviewed abolitionists on this podcast. That's why I identify as an abolitionist myself. Uh, which is not to make any great claims about my work as an abolitionist, just to say that is where my head's at. So I was really excited to see how she blends abolition with her work. And I have some patrons to thank on Patreon that helped me make the podcast. You can pay either $5 or $15 a month. It's roughly the price of a coffee or a meal a month. If you think the show's worth that, you can pay it. And that's pretty much how I do this, is through word of mouth and through the support of people who listen, that direct support. Those $15 patrons, the pigeon level, who I shout out every episode, are Kurt Chang, Katie Llewellyn, Fred Fidewa, Susie Carroll, John Lee, Shuba Singh, and Debo, the unit. The thing that really resonated for me in talking to Taja was her talking about how many fears she has and and that they're active. And that's what's really compelling to me 
is when I hear people whose stories aren't done, who I ask them, what's, what's your coma? What's a, what's a big transformative moment for you? And it's a moment that transformed them negative. That's, that's like, Oh, you know, I, uh, I became more shut off to the world after this. Shalewa's episode was like that. Um, Annie Donnelly. I forget if that's uh, in the in the bonus content of her episode or not, but she had a, a similar moment. And those th- that that sense of being in progress is that that is among the closest feelings to life for me. You know, if you listen to this podcast, if you if you read my newsletter definitive answers then you know that i've i've been been in the dumps a little bit as as happens and so you know connecting to feelings of vitality is not easy but having problems that have not been figured out yet whether those things are fears of physical pain or how you relate to other people, as I talked to Taja about, or those things are, how do I relinquish the ego of being attached to my consciousness when I don't know if I'll be able to, if I'll still be conscious after death, which is, a question that that motivates this entire podcast. Having those kinds of frustrations and those kinds of problems, that is what connects me to being alive right now. And so for that reason, I'm very grateful for you to hear this episode of the show. So let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Lorraine. I grab your whip and take it back to Shatown. When I'm in Shatown, I treat it like it's paint your hell. Just a customized hell designed for you. A customized hell designed for me. This is weirdly fun. Yeah. Um <laughs> imagining hell. I didn't think that would be really fun. This is my version of a fun question to start the show. <laughs> um, I don't know. Right now, what I'm thinking about is just like a lot of twee stuff and okay. being stuck with like just the thoughts of like the worst things that have ever happened to me just on repeat over and over again. And the worst things I've done, there's no chance of redemption or like, like I don't know, things being better or feeling better. I would not be able to move or play music or do anything and there would be no music okay. yeah <laughs> except for like all the things i hate the most just on a loop like what i can't it's too mean i can't say it <laughs> okay okay oh we're talking like potential contemporaries yeah, i don't want to i don't want to do that <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, um when you say twee are you talking like early 2000s what tiktokers are calling twee right now or are we talking like original 90s sort of beat happening sort of twee vibe 
I uh I like a lot of the '90s stuff, and I also like a lot okay. of the TikTok stuff. So you're right in asking me to be more specific. Um, I don't know where I was going with that actually. Is it is it is it a a lack of sincerity or something or a performativeness that is the just like a super super saccharine vocal with mm. like guitar in ways I don't like. Okay. So I can't yeah. Think of any, I can't think of any examples, and I probably wouldn't say it anyway because I don't want to. The music hard. programmer in hell will know what you like yeah. and what you don't like, yeah, and will play exactly. strictly what you don't <laughs> like. It's interesting because people kind of go. Um, th- there tend to be two kinds of ways. There tend to be very like physical tortures, and then big like mental tortures. And you sound like a mental tortures guy. Yeah, I mean that's kind of. Yeah, I guess that's always where my head goes first. For sure. I, I think those things that. are way more terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I can't I'm I'm terrified of pain. I have a fear of pain and I'm pain avoidant. So, I can't even think about the physical stuff. I'll just Yeah. I wouldn't look at my x-ray, for example. It was like too freaky. Really? Ugh, yeah. Still haven't? I I did end up taking a look anyway but i was pretty scared about it <laughs> okay and how did it it was like exposure therapy yeah i mean that's i guess that's what i'm in the business of doing um, sure, sure. <laughs> um yeah it was it's it's broken <laughs> <laughs> definitely broken the doctors are right <laughs> what do you hope happens when you die what do I hope happens? That's an interesting thought. I've thought about my funeral a lot and I've gotten nowhere with it because Really? Well, yeah, I had all these thoughts about what I would want it to be and then it kind of like changes around a lot. Um, what are some of the things? Cuz this is another segment so we can combine these. Um, is funeral planning. But uh, so what are the things that you've gone back and forth about? Well, what kind of vibe, just general vibe, you know, Um, like if I would hope it would be celebratory or if it it would be really somber, if I would want a lot of people or just a few people. But, you know, it's not for me. So (laughs) like it's for everyone else. So, you know, it's and that's kind of where I always kind of land is that Mm-hmm. everyone else should figure it out. Hopefully people will want to celebrate me. That's kind of where I, I, I land is that I hope I'm, I'm worthy of celebration and, you know, memory, like, you know, remembering. Mm-hmm. Is that, but there's, is there a specific, well, first of all, as a creative person, does, do you ha- imagine your work being present at the funeral at all? That's also a sticky point because right. That's that's my hell, actually. <laughs> it's just like hearing my own music over and over again. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but then I would think about it. I'm like, well, of course someone's going to play one of my songs at my funeral, but like, which one is it? Right. But, you know, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> so that's the sort of external, immediate thing that's happening. What else goes into the question of your hopes for after you die? Well, I've thought a lot about just like what happens to my physical body. And if that's important to me, 
and what I, you know, what I would want. There's something very nice about just like being in the earth and becoming a plant. Like that just seems really nice. Um, Coffins just seem like really wasteful and heavy and weird. I don't like the idea of being cremated though. That sounds like, ugh. (laughs) but also that makes sense. I don't know. But there's so many, I feel like there's all these new, um, like burial technologies now. I know. Are more eco-friendly. And so every time I think about the Corpus Mundi, is that what you're thinking of? Oh, what's that? That's the big one that comes up all the time, which is the egg. Oh yes. That turns you into the tree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't know what it was actually called, but yeah, there's all these different technologies now. I feel like, uh. I don't know. Hopefully I'll have some time to think about it. (laughs) Yeah, I hope (laughs) so too. (laughs) (laughs) What about in terms of like, well, we can go a couple ways. If you want to stay earthbound, we can talk about legacy. Or if you want to get spacey, you can tell me what you think about individual consciousness or collect, you know, in terms of, in terms of consciousness or spirit or soul or anything Whoa. Do you have hopes or things you imagine? For my soul? Yeah. Uh, I also get very stuck on this. A lot of unresolved things, which, you know, I think that's normal. Um, I, 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 I kind of, I never actually thought about this, but I do think about reincarnation sometimes and what that would be and what like the best hopes and you know, nightmare would be and what I would deserve. I don't know. How, I don't know what makes sense, but like what I have sure, at sure. the end of my life deserve feels like the wrong tone, but yeah, I don't know. There's something very satisfying about like not um, feeling like I get pleasure out of imagining myself as someone else. You know, like that seems like a good thing. <laughs> so that you're grounded in yourself. Yeah. Like I don't really, I have no desire to be anyone else, which, you know, I feel like a lot of my work also are things that I think about a lot through my work is just like identity and belonging and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So like, you know, for that to be the sort of thesis statement of my exploration of what it would be you know, where my soul would go. That's actually, that's good. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I feel like at peace in this vessel, this current vessel. Do you have desires for the people you leave behind or, or any sort of idea of leaving a mark or anything? What's your take on that? Yeah, I, I'm definitely also still trying to figure that out. I feel like, uh, you know, I were, I worry about this a lot in some ways, or I'll put it this way. I just assume, (laughs) this probably says a lot about me. I assume that like the things I've done and made will be just kind of like lost. So I feel like I'm the kind of person that imagines like the worst case scenario and then works you know, based on that to be like cool paired. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's where my head goes. And so mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that has something to do with like the kind of work that I try to make in some way too, that like, you know, my biggest hope for my work is that when people encounter it, like they don't even, they don't have to like it, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't care so much about that, but that they feel like they're hearing something that they haven't really heard before that they can't really place that feels kind of like slippery and new or, or, or makes them feel something in themselves that maybe they haven't felt in a long time or don't often feel, or maybe have never felt. So I don't know. I feel like those two ideas are maybe more linked (laughs) than I realized. The idea of that something new being lost and obscure eventually. Well, no, that like, that's somehow like a protection against that, that like, you know, I, I'm trying extra hard Mm. to be like memorable in some way. Right, right, right. Until now, but maybe it's all just about (laughs) my death (laughs) and my legacy. (laughs) I mean, it kind of, it's pretty easy. If you go there, it's very easy to simplify and make it all kind of always about that stuff. That's fair. That's fair. Thank you for giving me some credit. (laughs) Hey, it's Dave. I am taking a break from the guest for a moment to tell you about my newsletter, Definitive Answers. It's short for Definitive Answers to Unanswerable Questions. Basically, every week I send an essay in which I am squeezing current events in my own life for insights into creativity, culture, mental health, the kind of stuff I talk to guests about, but it's just me. So if you want essays like that, if you want music recommendations, a mood board of links and worthy places to donate, think of it like an old school alt-weekly, but just from my very overly sensitive comedy man's perspective, if that sounds good to you, you should subscribe. It's called Definitive Answers. You can go to thisisdavemar.substack.com or just click the link in the show notes and I'd love to have you and tell me if you like it. Okay, back to the guest. This show grew out of a uh, my second one-man show. And the premise of that show is that in the theater, we're in the afterlife. And so I'm kind of introducing people to features of that afterlife. And one of them is that you get to fully relive one memory. You do have to pick one, but you are, you you still have your other memories there, but there's one that you get to like fully drop down into, relive whenever you want, however many times you want. So if that were the case, what memory would you choose? Oh man, that's hard. and, And if it's helpful, don't think of it as like a summative or even the best memory. Whatever's yeah. bubbling up is probably the right answer. Yeah. I feel like one of the first things that came to mind was just like a Thanksgiving many years ago. And um, my roommate and I did it together and we spent all night cooking and, uh, just like for many, many hours, just like being really extravagant and ridiculous just because it was really fun. And we had so much fun just like cooking this Thanksgiving meal together. And then both of our families came to our apartment and hung out. And that was just such a good 
like sequence of hours. I would love to like go back to that moment a lot. And it sounds like the making is almost as fun as like, you're not describing like this big communal event. You're describing this kind of like the mania of the making is what I'm like tapping into. Yeah, a little bit. totally. Totally. Cause I don't, I don't think of, I'm like not a good cook. I don't like, I, I'm just not, that's not my thing. And I wish it were. <laughs> and I try. Um, but that was just a moment of just like manic inspiration. And you're we just looking up all these recipes and just kind of like winging stuff. And it tasted really good. It did. It turned out. Yeah, it turned out really well. And I feel like it was because you're we like vibing on each other's, you know, excitement. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hard not to see collaboration analogies here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That was a good, that was a good moment of collaboration, but those are, you know, those are, those are tough. Um, so how many years ago was this? Oh, when was this? You're old enough to be living like on your own with a roommate. Must've been like 2014, 2015, something like that. Okay. And how well did you know the roommate? Well, we, okay. When we first started living together, um, we didn't know each other super well, but we're friends and then became extremely close. Okay. W- did you get any sleep that night? We did. I don't remember sleeping, but I know we did. Yeah. Um, and then woke up early and like kept going. <laughs> what was the dish that turned out the best? Ugh. I'm having trouble even remembering the menu. I'm sure I have it somewhere because we like made, I feel like we, we actually like sent everybody like the menu of everything and then also asked people to bring food with them. So we just had like way too much food. I'm having trouble even remembering what we were making that whole time. I mean, it's not as important. Nothing. I feel like, yeah, that wasn't even like the important part. Okay. Somehow. I think, I think she made like a, did she make a turkey? Not to text her and ask her for this menu. I'm sure it's somewhere. <laughs> like, did you print something or just via email? You like sent what? everyone. Here's what we're gonna have. I'm having trouble remembering. We either made something physical that like people could just look at beforehand, or we just like sent it to everyone beforehand. But we did have some sort of shared note or something, or for shared notes, even a thing. Then I think we just had, you know a doc that we were working in or like texted each other. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Menu to like work on it together. <laughs> it sounds like, like, what is it about this <clears throat> that makes you want to go back to it? Is it that there's someone else there? Is it the silliness of it? Is it the joy of it? Is it the creation of it? It's the joy. It's also like, I feel like I go to moments Um, I'm like a person that is very fearful (laughs) of a lot of stuff. I'm like filled with so much fear. And I feel like that was a moment where I was like, especially, I don't know, it's silly, but because I'm a bad cook, I don't like cooking for people or like going to potlucks and stuff like that. Cause it's just like, oh my God, like I'm going to make someone like puke or something. I don't know. (laughs) But But, you know, that was a moment where I was just like, I'm just having fun. I'm doing this thing that like, I don't, I'm not even good at. And like, I'm so just in the moment with it that it's actually turning out well. And I'm with my friend 
and my family's here. I had no worries about like who would get along with who in the family. It was just like, Mm. we're just here. We're just all here. And it was good. And everyone got along. And, you know, I think as as I get older, I just get more and more fearful. And so I try (laughs) to just like go back to the moments where I, you know, don't have that. And I feel like that happens with my music a lot too, where I end up going to these moments of, you know, I have a lot of stuff recorded from when I was in high school and when I was in, you know, I was much younger and I just keep going back to that. Cause I was just like, this makes no sense. And it's cool. Like I want to go back to that moment where I like forgot that I could be afraid of things. Yeah. It's an, so the, the thing to live in is the absence of this fear that invade so much of life. Yeah. No worry, no anxiety, no anything. It's just nice and fun. What are the fears? Are is it Oh, everything. For me it's everything. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally everything. I'm filled with worry and anxiety at every moment. Just like some of some of them make sense, some of them don't make sense. I've just that's just that's just it's, you know, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I felt I thought I was going to have to kind of do the thing where I'll share, I'll make myself vulnerable that'll allow you to go somewhere and you're just like we can't even be specific. It's too it's everything name a thing. Yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of worries. <laughs> well, break, okay. What kind of helps with the worrying because it's like, okay, this bad thing happened and now it's just happened. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. there's not much more to worry about. I mean, right? There is. There definitely is. WebMD has told me there is. But oh god. <laughs> but uh, yeah, mostly it's just waiting around for my foot to heal. Does that calm other worries as well? Um, I'm hoping it will. I I feel like there's something. Uh, I don't know. I, I've, I've been thinking a lot about, I don't know. I guess this is sort of like the thing I keep talking about, like the micro becoming the macro. But yeah. I, I feel like, um, you know, I have a fear of pain. I have a fear of all these other things. So that all gets like wrapped up in my foot in a way. But if I live through it and then things get better, I hope that that will radiate outward into other parts of life and existing. In 2014, I was in a coma for a month and um, there was a moment when people like eulogized me on Facebook because they thought I died. And then I woke up and slowly, not like a a perfect narrative uh, arc, but some things changed. And that was kind of a like transformational definitional moment, you know, and it doesn't have to be as grandiose as that. It could be totally mundane, but the question is what's your coma? What's a coma that you've had a a moment of transformation where before you felt like one version of yourself and after you're another. Hmm. I struggle with this because I struggle with change, which is the big 
thing that people have pulled out of the record. Right. Um, but yeah, it's something that's really hard for me because uh, I feel like I've had a very strong sense of self that has continued on. Like, you know, I used to joke around with my friends that like, you know, I'm the same person at five as I am at like 25, you know, like, like it's just this, it's been the same thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's hard for me. I think that's why this record is, <laughs> is because I'm trying to figure out like if there can be a before and after specifically for me, a person that is very stubborn and very, um, resistant to change, but like definitely has things that like I want to change or evolve. Um, but that's a lingering question. I, I don't know. I feel like I'm the same person. I probably am not in some ways, but, and I've had things happen to me where I'm like, you know, this probably should be some sort of transformative moment, but I'm too like in my head and in myself to really know like if I've changed. Right. Yeah. Um, what are those, what are the like moments that you tell me more about that feeling of like, Oh, this should be transforming me, but I don't know if it is. <laughs> I mean, it's just like all the things that all of us experience, right. It's like deaths or, mm-hmm. um, breakups of all kinds, right. Friend breakups, romantic breakups, whatever. Um, uh, going on big trips, like all, all of the cliche things. Yeah. That I'm like, if there's ever a moment, like this is it. And then I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know if I'm any different, but you know, I'm sure I am. And I, I haven't been able to process all those things yet. It's probably like little, um, I don't know, just, you know, little things that, blossom into bigger things over time, but it's hard for me to see outside of myself. For sure. What are the ways you feel the same? Um, I am, I have always been a deeply skeptical person. Okay. Like extremely skeptical. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah. I feel like that's always been me. Um, I've always been a kind of like smiley, um, generally happy person, but that also is like very moody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been like very musical and interested in sound. And specifically, I think like the voice. I don't know. It's probably other things, but those are the, those are the big things. Yeah. Yeah. How does the skepticism, this is like, this is just a a thing that I've been thinking about that is a pretty big left turn, but there's such a proliferation of like cult content out there now. And I know that the lesson of these things is supposed to be, Hey, it could happen to anybody. But the thing that I take away is that I really think I'm better than a lot of these (laughs) people and that like i don't think i would fall i i I just have a hard time thinking i would fall for being in a cult is it it what's do you think you could be can you imagine a cult that would get you or is it that kind of skepticism or i mean am i even in the 
right ballpark of types of skepticism. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just like every, every day kind of skepticism where I don't know where I, I think it's also just like growing up in a big city and being surrounded Mm -hmm. with a lot of people where I'm just sort of like, just kind of imagining all the scenarios (laughs) and like the best one is not the one that I will assume is going to happen. Sure. Like a way of thinking and a way of navigating the world, which definitely is not always good for sure. Like it's not, I don't think it's good, but it's kept me alive (laughs) and it's kept me like uh, protected in certain ways, I'm sure. But yeah, it's just like a pervasive skepticism of just like um, pretty much everything. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So skepticism in the sense of like, holding things at a distance maybe yeah. like waiting to to kind of warm up to things truly yeah to want to want like evidence of like a behavior or an action or a, or a you know or a um before like really committing or claiming something or trusting it that's interesting cuz the smiling quality kind of belies that a little bit where it's like if it's a person that you're being skeptical of you're kind of keeping them busy with like hey here's this surface smile i'm giving you while i'm sizing you up yeah i guess so i guess i'm really deceitful Are there ways that you would want to change? Like that you imagine when you think of like a few, like, you know, some of this stuff you've said, oh, I'm really like thinking through this. Like, is it important to, to have thought through um, some of these things about legacy or about even, even like specific things like your funeral, or is it just the process of thinking? Like, do you imagine a, a less fearful or a now I'm already putting ideas into your mind, but like a future version of yourself that's different in any way. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine it or not that I can't, I, I haven't fully imagined it. Um, But you know, that also comes into, you know, the question of like, myself and change and all these things that are scary for me. But yeah, I do imagine it and I work toward it in certain ways. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. What is <laughs> where it? that gets me? I mean, the legacy thing too is like, you know, I think it's important to have like a sense of purpose in creating music. And I feel like the music I don't like, the most I just don't feel like it needs to exist (laughs) like who am I to decide like what needs to exist right I'm just a person with an opinion but there's just it seems like there's no sense of purpose you know and like the sense of purpose can be like to be silly to have fun like it can be something like seemingly small but at Mm -hmm. least it has a purpose and I think having fun and being silly is actually like a great purpose it's a big purpose but the music I don't like has no purpose <laughs> in my eyes or like I cannot connect to the to the purpose of it existing 
or is it formulaic? Um, formulaic or just like it's just vapid and like okay, you know, like there's some stuff that would be considered vapid that I actually think does have a purpose. Sure. Um, and I see it, and I you know even if I don't connect with it, I I see it and I value it. But yeah, the, all the music I don't like, I feel like doesn't have any purpose at all. <laughs> and yeah, I, I feel like because the. Yeah. The thing I relate to being a comedian is and and it and it sounds like I go further on this end than you do, but as someone who is like I'm really aggressively trying to say something, you know, I have a project, I have like specific things. When I see stand up that's just stand that's just you know, more formulaic than almost any art form in a lot of ways. And it's just like, dude, does this joke about Tinder need to exist? Like that's the kind of thing. And, and I go so far where I like think that everyone needs to have my same project. Whereas ultimately (laughs) I do agree with you that like, yeah, some of my favorite stuff is just has a project, but it's not like to find the fucking meaning of life, you know? Um, but the stuff that really makes me angry is stuff that feels like it is on autopilot and not trying. And I don't know, is, is that similar? I think it's similar. Okay. Yeah. I I do think it's similar. Um, just like a reason for, for being, and it doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be like, you know grand yeah but there just has to be mine has to be grand but <laughs> yours doesn't have to be yeah, grand that's how i feel or like i don't know i think about like you know uh like the club <laughs> and dance music and music yeah 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 of like a place of like safety and fun like that's mm-hmm. important to me like fun fun i i i need to remind myself that like music is fun <laughs> Now, now it's more of a job than it ever has been, but it's like fun is a purpose and fun is important. Like, but if you have no purpose whatsoever, (laughs) you're just like, I I don't know. Like, even if, even if your purpose is because like, I feel like that's what I was put on earth to do is to like make music. And that's as far as I get, like, I'm just sharing myself. Like that's my purpose, but no purpose. That's like inexcusable to me. I want to know if you have unwritten rules. Um, and and my two examples of this is I had a previous guest, uh, a New Yorker, Shalay was sharp, if you're familiar with her at all. But she um she has this belief that like guardian angels can't be related to you. So when people would say that, like, oh, that's your mom watching over you, she would like in her mind be like, no, you like unquestioningly just like no it's not she she's not allowed to um and for me it's like i read this like cosmo or some women's magazine when i was like pre-teen about how men are terrible at not putting the toilet seat down and that cemented itself in my mind as like i must be a good man and now constantly (laughs) put the toilet seat down okay but it's like so what is it, so it can example <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it's like so so it can be metaphysical or it can be almost uh obsessive are there rules like is there a rule you can think of that you've that you've that you don't tend to voice that just like is something you kind of un like unquestioningly accept as like true in your life Oh, I have so many rules. I I know, but I'm trying to think of what any of them are. I'm sure all my friends would be like, "And you believe this, and you believe this, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, what? I feel like I don't know if this this isn't like a rule. Oh, those were good ones. I don't, it's not really a rule, but I I just like don't. I know I've used the word nice, but I don't like, I don't believe it's like a real thing or like a real quality of like a personality. And it's just not enough to describe a person. (laughs) Yep. And that kind of ties into just like not feeling like being boring is the worst possible thing that you can be. Like, I would rather, I don't know, something about, like, niceness. I'm just like, ugh, what is that? Like, being kind, that's different. Yep, totally. But being nice, like, who wants to be nice? That like, That's just, like, nothing. Being kind. Is this tied to a fear? Like, have you been described as nice? Or have you never been described as nice and you're very happy that that's the way? Uh. I feel like people would probably describe me as nice from afar. And the people who know me know I'm not nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> which, I, which, you know, I, I would like to be kind. I would like to earn being kind. I think being kind yeah. is really awesome. And that's a thing. Being nice is just like, ugh. And if someone's only described to you as nice, you're like, okay, that's a person I never need to meet. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. It, like they have no personality, no anything. But – Someone describes me as like being a really kind person. I'd be like, oh, interesting. I want to know more about their kindness. What if they're described as interesting? Does that make you interested? Or are you like, what's so interesting about this person? I feel like interesting is often used as just like a euphemism, you know? (laughs) Yeah. For for like, they creep me out a little bit. Yeah. For things that people don't want to voice because they're trying to be nice. that is the show thank you so much for listening seriously i i I appreciate it if you enjoy what you hear know that we're in a relationship now you're you're a supporter of the show i'm the maker of the show if you want to help me keep making the show go to the patreon patreon.com slash dave mar and toss me money for coffee or a meal every month and maybe i'll shout you out on the next episode also check out all the information about lorraine in the show notes and until next week remember you are a mist only human and human beings they do miracles